Hey, so I wonder what it is you want to go out, start, begin this year. I always find, I don't know about you, but the new year is an incredibly good time to restart, to ready, set, go. And the Bible's actually got some pretty cool advice. We're going to hear that all month this month. But I'm going to actually read from Luke 14, 28 to 30, where it, Jesus is talking to this large crowd and he sort of gives some hints about going at something. Have a listen. Suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Won't you first sit down and estimate the cost to see if you have enough money to contemplate it? For if you lay the foundation and are not able to finish it, everyone who sees it will ridicule you, saying, this person began to build and wasn't able to finish. Towers are actually interesting. They're interesting today, but they were certainly interesting back in Jesus' day. Uh, Jess and I actually visited the Tower of York in England. This tower is incredible. Now, we've got a picture of it right here. It's built on top of this tiny hill. Uh, the, the sides of it are incredibly steep, must have been man-made. Uh, then on top of that is the tower where the Duke of York kept hundreds of men. And yes, if you're now thinking that little song running through your mind, the grand old Duke of York, he had to, then you are on the right spot. That is the tower that we're talking about. Um, they are interesting things, these sorts of towers. I found out a few things about them, especially this tower as well. The thing is, often, towers were often built outside of the fortress. Now, if I was building a tower, I would have just done it inside. But here's the thing. They're built outside the fortress so that they are actually a whole nother layer of defense for when the enemy is coming to attack. In other words, they slow the enemy down even before he gets to the main fortress or um, I guess in our context us ourselves and the thing about a tower is it says I'm not going to sit around on my bum and do nothing but a duke or a king that built a tower was saying I'm actually taking the attack to the enemy I'm going to be progressive so that nobody gets to advance on me and my kingdom now Kingdoms, though, that didn't build these towers, that just let their walls sort of sit like they uh, would, would always get overtaken by the enemy. And that is really the question that we all want to investigate here at the beginning of this year that I'm examining is spiritually speaking, especially spiritually speaking, in your life, what towers do you need to build so that you won't be overtaken this year? Uh, I can think of a whole lot of different things that might come to mind. Um, there's natural things. Maybe you want to learn a new language or, you know, go to TAFE or something like that. But today we're focusing on spiritual towers. Maybe you need to break a habit in your life or maybe it's just about regularly gathering with God's people for church or beginning to serve in an area, use your gifts. Uh, leading a new mission area, pushing into discipleship. A great one, of course, is actually reading the Bible. Studies show again and again, read the Bible more than four times a week and you will um, ultimately see life transformation happen in your life. That is a tower. Now, I'm 
just going to the side for just one quick second. We have a QR code that's about to appear on the screen right here. This is the church's reading plan this year. This year it's a little bit different. We're really focusing in on the New Testament um, and you have every right to or add to that an Old Testament plan um, to do the whole Bible if you so choose. But really our point is this one's nice and simple, a real focus on the New Testament. We're going to read it together as a church again like we do every year. I encourage you, grab a hold of that link. Uh, the link will also be in emails that we send out to the church and you can be a part of that, grabbing a hold of that, building a tower in your life. So that's a great tower, right? Uh, reading a Bible plan. But whatever it is, Jesus then goes on and makes a number of points. Now, I'm going to be really condensed here today. I know we're right at the beginning of the year. Um, I'm really just going to outline two things that I see in this passage of, of Scripture. Probably the big thing he says there is if you're going to go at something like this, you're going to build a spiritual tower in your life, you better realize it's going to cost. Now, this is not an isolated theme in the Scripture. You see this all through the Scripture. If something's going to grow, there's going to be a cost to it. John 12, 24 says, For a kernel um, of wheat to produce a harvest, it must die. Matthew 10, 39, Whoever loses his life for my sake will gain it. You see, this is not a new idea. God is clear that we have to be willing to give something up to be able to advance and gain a better future for ourselves. Of course, the reverse of this is really just do whatever you want. Um, and I'll be honest, this is often the way the world leads us. Pursue pleasure at all costs. Uh, follow your every impulse. Live for the moment. Lie, cheat, cheat, steal and get away with it, of course. Uh, and, you know, do whatever you want. But we all know what sort of reward does that lead to at the end? It leads to absolutely no reward. Jesus is clear. There's something to grow, something has to die. So that's my question. It's actually a really simple one. Have you factored in the cost for the spiritual tower that you want to put into your life? Um, Jesus' point is see it, name it. Really identify that cost. Am I willing to sacrifice that today? The tower in your life, let me tell you, it is well worth building. If you don't build it, you may be overtaken. So are you willing to pay the cost and name it? And I'm going to name the big one, um, the big cost that normally we're not willing to pay, and that is comfort. Pretty much all of us have to deal with the issue of letting go of some level of comfort to grab a hold of the new thing that God might have for us. And it's okay to name it and say, I struggle in this area. I don't want to give up this area of comfort in my own life. That comfort can be all sorts of things. It can be the comfort of having a tough conversation or, or not. It can be the comfort of um, ultimately just being a bit lazy. Uh, think about King David. What was his greatest sin? Uh, we know, uh, the scripture tells us that at the time when all the kings went to war, it says that King David stayed home. Now, it doesn't say it specifically, but it's pretty clear. King David was being lazy. He should have been out there at war. He should have been fighting battles. But what did he do? Stayed back, walked the rooftops. He meets, uh, he sees Bathsheba. And of course, we all know what happens from there. Adultery, 
ultimately murder and his own son loses his life. See, sometimes plain old comfort destroys our life. Are you willing to give up your comfort this year for the tower that God wants you to take? So, very direct application. Jesus wants you to build a tower, but are you willing to stand with your other brothers and sisters and give up your comfort so that you can take a hold of this thing that God's got for you, whatever it is, name it, name that comfort, name the inconvenience and take whatever small steps or big steps that are necessary to ultimately get there. And, um, you know, there are great books, by the way, that go along with all of this. You can look up any of the, the books. James Clear, Atomic Habits is a great book to start if you want to name your comfort and then work at starting a new habit in your own life. Now, actually, when I just land on this second point here and finish up, Jesus says something interesting. He says, suppose one of you wants to build a tower. I want to talk about desire. There's got to be a desire in you. Desire is so important because it's the motivator to get to the thing that we want to get to. Now, I'd say, ask God, ask Jesus ask his spirit to lead you. What are the things I need to go for in my life? Here's a clue though. I reckon many times we know almost immediately that habit in my life, that, that area of sin. Um, yeah, maybe it is something like I just never pick up the Bible. It's pretty quick as you pray that prayer that you'll get that sense quite clearly about what it is in you that you need to have a desire to deal with and stoke that desire. Really have a passion to deal with it. Jesus makes it clear that desire is a part of wanting to pay the cost. But I actually want to finish on something that might sound uh, a little bit interesting uh, as I talk about all of this now. You might say it's almost like a contradiction, but I'll, I'll say this, it's almost the wonder of the gospel when it comes to desire. Um, I don't believe that building a tower in our life necessarily has to be exhausting, draining, stressful. See, this is not the way Jesus does things. Jesus didn't say, come to me and I'll give you a to-do list. Come to me and I'll show you how to reach your potential. Uh, come to me and I'll make you work so hard that you need a, a holiday. Jesus said to, me, to us, if you're tired of the performance treadmill, of trying to make it on your own, of keeping up with appearances, then I will give you rest. Man, don't miss this. Again, it might sound like a contradiction. Didn't we just say we're going to work? Uh, yeah, but this is the wonder of the gospel. Maybe in the greatest example of sacrificing for a greater end, we see that Jesus literally sacrificed his life so that we will live. Jesus said, I will die so that you'll live. I'll be separated from the Father so that you'll have communion with the Father. I'll take your failure so that you can have my rest, my refreshment, um, joy in the deep parts of your soul. And this is so important because if you want your desire to be birthed in the right place, make sure it starts here, not out of your performance, not out of even just being a better Christian because that's what I have to be. Uh, certainly not out of the idols that float around like money, 
uh, the falsehood of attraction. Uh, these are the very things that Jesus came to die for. So why would we die again to those things? Jesus tells us to live. Do you know that you are good enough for him right now? Right now, yes, with that addiction. Yes, with that anger problem. Yes, you who don't read the Bible enough or struggles to go to church or hasn't served like you could serve. If you are a child of God, you are loved. You can't be loved more. This is the paradox, the miracle of the gospel. Now, Jesus doesn't want to leave you that way. Jesus is calling us to build towers in our life. But understand, it changes our motivation when we understand this. It's such an important starting point. Just think about it. If I said, I'm going to pin the Nobel Prize onto your chest, you would say, great, but it must mean um, what? I'm going to, I've got to do a whole lot of work if you're going to give me that prize. Well, this is the whole point. Jesus is saying, no, I'm pinning it to your chest uh, just the way you are. You are a winner. What a joy. This is what our salvation does. But, and I do like to say it's a big but, excuse the pun, you now get to build the tower, you see. Think about it like this. I heard this example from Martin Lloyd-Jones, a preacher from many years ago. He says, imagine somebody visits your home and then uh, calls you up uh, the next day. And, and this is sort of my interpretation of his example, but maybe they even text. And they say, how's it? How's it? Great time and, and all that. Hey, I saw the bill that was on your fridge. I just want to let you know that I paid that bill. Now, what is the very next question you're going to ask? You're going to say, well, how big was the bill that he paid? You run home, have a look on your fridge. What if you discover it's not the electricity bill? That would have been nice. It's the mortgage. It's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars. See, the size of the debt that is paid makes a massive difference. Jesus doesn't just pay the mortgage on our house or he doesn't pay that mortgage, he pays the mortgage on our life. Now, think about that situation. How would our relationship with this person be? It'd change everything. They say, hey, would you like to come out for a coffee? Well, yeah, I would love to come out for a coffee. Hey, mate, six months down the track, I'm moving house. You reckon you could help me out? I'd love to do that. See, the motivation changes because we understand the sacrifice that was made for us. Jesus sacrificed for us. He died so that we can live. That changes our desire. That sets us off on the right trajectory this year. This is what Psalm 37.4 is talking about. Delight in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart. It starts with delighting in what Jesus has done. The desires come and then yes, we build the towers, but it's actually that great sense of work, of doing something for the pleasure of serving the king and sorting the things out in our life. The order is really important. But then go for it. I really mean that. Name the cost. Pay it. Sort it out. But understand that Jesus actually built a tower for you. He laid down his life for you so that you really are ready to ready, set, go this year. Let's pray. Lord, very simple thought comes straight from your word this year, but I pray the essence of the truth of the gospel rests with everybody here this morning. You love us the way we are, God, uh, because of what your son did 
and when we accept him into our life. But out of that, we get to build towers. We get to work hard. We get to name the areas of comfort in our life. God, I pray that you show us those things. And yes, let us work hard then. Let us be obedient, but always coming from the truth of the wonder of the gospel, we pray in Jesus' name. All right, go at it, ready, set, go. Catalyst, have a fantastic 2023.